Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast. This is episode number 54, recorded on September 21st, 2016. My name is Julie Bayfan Balzer, and with me is my co-host, Eileen Schubalzer. Hi, Mom. Hello, Julie. How are you? I'm all right. It's been a very uh, event-filled week for the whole family, and I'm glad to have a moment to sit down and talk to you. I haven't seen you very much because you've been in Austin. I know. I actually haven't seen you at all in the flesh, have I? No, I saw you very briefly yesterday for 30 seconds. Yes, I dropped off some groceries or hair stuff or something. something you came out and motherly. graciously received it at the car. Well, I believe I was wearing red lipstick and all that you said to me upon seeing me was red lipstick and not in a nice way. As you know, I prefer you not in red lipstick, but actually nobody ever asks their mother for permission when they're your age and... I guess I think I'll you have just to live with me it. Old, didn't you? <laughs> okay, I accept that. Anyway, regardless, so we've actually we didn't have we. This has been a month since we had a podcast. We were on such a two week two week schedule, but I think we have a good reason why we didn't have a podcast two weeks ago. Tell us the reason. Oh, I'm so glad that you asked because I would love to tell you. So we didn't have a podcast two weeks ago because I decided I wanted to showcase off. I started up a vlog. Now, this gets confusing, especially in a podcast form, a blog versus a vlog. Can you even hear the difference? So B uh, as in boy with the blog and V as in Venus for vlog. And basically a vlog is just a video uh, log of sort of what you're doing. And so now once a week on Wednesdays, I'm uploading this video log or vlog to my YouTube channel, and I'm not really sharing that on my blog um, because I feel like that's its it's its own little thing. It's called Julie's World, and that's been a really interesting thing to do. Partially because you know I've been doing Project Life for years, and I love Project Life, and I've actually now found the problem is like I need to record some things with video for the vlog, but then I need to record some things for Project Life in photos and then I need to record some things, you know, uh, just for like my blog or whatever in photos. It's just, it's getting very confusing about how to handle what uh, in which format. We've always been very needy. I, I, did, I did go and take a peek at today's vlog. It is Wednesday when we're recording. And the first thing I noticed was that there was this um, rather dizzying, look at your classes in Austin, which because it was fast forward and you were moving so quickly, I almost felt like a little drone was flying through the class recording. Yeah, that's always an interesting thing too when you're sharing stuff is like, do you, if you show it at regular pace, sometimes it's kind of like, I'd like to fall asleep and, you know, punch my head into a wall. And sometimes when you do it in fast forward, it's like, mm, where's the barf bag? I need to throw up. So it's sort of trying to find the right rhythm or I need to somehow develop my my walking into steady cam style somehow. Well, why don't you talk about what what if anything you've learned from doing three vlogs now? Um, you know, first I had to get over the like do I look good thing, right? Um, because it's like the way that I think it works best is if it's really honest and really authentic and really you. So it was like, okay, so I'm not wearing makeup. Okay. So my hair looks like, you know, poo. Okay. So whatever. And also like, does the house look a mess? Yes. My house looks a mess all the time, always and every day. It looks a mess. Um, and just sort of accepting that. And, you know, I think there are a lot of things that we've said in the past, which I think is true about it, putting stuff out there which is if you just 
put it out there. There's always going to be some people who are like, you know, your house is messy, your face is ugly. But then when the majority of people, it's just relatable because it's true. We all have messy houses. We all don't wear makeup, you know. I mean, me, I don't know. Maybe there are people out there who wear makeup every day. I can't get it together that much. Well, I think people respond to that. They understand that an Instagram photo is very carefully curated and planned and lit and that this is much more spontaneous. And I think there are people who are looking for that and they sure will get it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It sounded like a criticism, but I'm just going to say, okay. So uh, every Wednesday they go to YouTube and they look for Julie's World Vlog. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. I mean, if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, you'll just get an email every time there's a new video of any kind, whether it's the vlog or whether it's um, anything that's, you know, a crafty tutorial or whatever nonsense. Um, but yeah, so super easy. And you obviously you don't have to go on Wednesdays. It's just that every Wednesday is a new one. If you get addicted and you have to, and must, Wednesday is a much watch kind of day. Okay. And um, do you want to say anything about your classes in Austin before we introduce our guest? Um, the classes in Austin were good. It was interesting. I was teaching in a space where they hadn't really had a lot of classes like this before. And so there was a real learning curve for the woman who owns the space on how to even set up the space, deal with the number of people, blah, blah, blah. You know, when I advertised this class and I said, you know, my minimum is 12 students and she was like, oh, usually we don't teach more than eight. And I was like, well, sorry, but that's, you know what I mean? And didn't you end up deal. with with 20 in one class? Yeah, we actually had, I think like 23 in one um, and maybe 15 or 16 in the other. It was good and great groups of women. And here's the thing that I, I find the more I teach, the less interested I am in teaching one day classes. I mean, I find the more that I'm a student, the less interested I am in taking one day classes. There is something about, um, so I think 15 of the women were with me for three days and what you can accomplish when you commit that amount of time and energy is sort of astonishing and wonderful because you need that time to marinate and to change and to like, it's just really wonderful. And I, it just reminds me how much I want to teach longer format classes. I want to take longer format classes. I just, I really am in love with that. And actually I will say, so I'm teaching out in San Jose, California next month in, um, what's next month? Is it October? Okay. It's October. Uh, I need to get my, uh, you know what together, but anyway, um, and one of the things I, that I think is really smart about the woman who owns that space, what she's doing in San Jose, is so there's a daytime class that's a two-day class. So you come for the two days, it's like 10 to 5 or 9 to 5 or something like that, right? And then in the evening, for people who may be working or can't get off during the day or whatever, it's what would normally be a one-day class, but it's being split up into two, two, um, two three-hour sections in the evening, like a... I don't know if it's six to nine or seven to 10 or something like that. But the thing that I think is so smart about that, besides the fact that it allows um, people who wouldn't normally be able to come to a daytime class to come, is that what it really does is it's going to allow people to process. And I actually think they'll get more out of that class than if they had taken it in a concentrated one day format. Okay. Um, anyway, I was actually thinking that speaking of... Um, not caring about how you look and getting over it. It's a good segue, actually, into our guest, not because she doesn't care what she looks like. I was just going to say, talk about insulting people. 
that's not what I meant. No, but so but Suzanne, it is who is our guest, Suzanne Sicaranza, who is our guest, uh, she actually sent me a bunch of photos from several times that we have met uh, over our lives. And uh, I was looking at the many iterations of myself, and I was actually thinking I was really glad that I had all of these photos of me sort of like throughout time. It's just kind of a neat thing to see. So anyway, our guest today, let's officially do that, is Suzanne Sicaranza. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly? I never even asked you, Suzanne. Yes, Sicaranza. Okay. Sicaranza. There you go. Good Italian <laughs> name. I, I know her online as Concerned Owl, and you might too. Um, she's born and raised in Massachusetts, which means she's a Patriots fan for life. Um, she's worked in the scientific fields for almost 20 years. Uh, she also worked at Michael's for two years, which we're going to talk about. I think that's going to be kind of interesting. And she has, in fact, worked at Balzer Designs for almost one whole year, <laughs> which is probably the most impressive career moment for her, I'm sure. Uh, pro- pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you'll give us lots of behind-the-scenes dirt, Suzanne. Oh, 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 I don't know. That might be uh, against a contract or two. <laughs> <laughs> she knows where the bodies are buried. Anyway, so um, Suzanne, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about you and how you got started making things. Were you, I never, I don't even know any of this. Were you a crafty kid? (laughs) Um, I was always crafty and not in like a typical sense. I was always had a draw to cartoons and doodling and drawing. My grandfather was big into drawing. He was a draftsman, um, did engineering stuff, and I kind of got that from him. Um, I also had a keen eye for handwriting. That might sound weird, but my mom has very distinct handwriting, and I can forge her signature a little bit too well. Um, I feel like that's (laughs) a skill honed in high school. Do you know what I mean? But I also wanted to be a graphologist, which is the study of handwriting. So I ah. did a lot of that and I found different variances. And my handwriting is 100% a combination of everybody's handwriting I've ever met in my whole life. There are people that I met in high school that remember me because I asked them to write the alphabet once. <laughs> Legitimately. So I have a question about, uh, is it graphology? Is that what yeah. you said? Is the study yeah. of handwriting? So uh, does that mean, are those the kind of people who like... Um, say you know in a court case we'll say like this suicide note looks like it was faked because of the angle and it shows that she was under stress yep yep exactly so can you do that stuff i i know how to research it pretty well i have a book or two but um i I didn't i don't know kind of go towards that because i felt like it was like a one trick pony sort of a thing and (laughs) i don't know i just i ended up thinking i wanted to be a physical therapist and then wanting to be a graphic designer and then end up going into science, all into microbiology. So just kind of all over the place. Maybe I'm a true Gemini. I don't know. <laughs> you know before, that's I was just going to say, before we move on, does Julie's handwriting make her clearly a serial <laughs> killer or something? No. No. no okay. No, no. It, it's very, um, it's the same throughout her whole time in handwriting that I've watched from reading her blog for 10 years. <laughs> that you, It's still exactly the same handwriting. 
So I've been so. a serial killer for 10 years is what you're saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't go it that is, far. It is a really interesting thing. I actually remember so many years ago, I went to a handwriting um, analyst. I paid for one of those little like sessions where they mm -hmm. look at your handwriting. And it was fascinating about all the stuff that she said. And half of it I felt was kind of more larky. But some of it I definitely thought, oh, my God, this woman is wise. And she sees into my soul. <laughs> and she knows things. Um, and and the most interesting thing that has really stayed with me that she told me is I remember um, she had asked me to bring in, like, to write in a letter in front of her, right? She said, okay. just write a letter to someone. It can be about anything. Um, and she said, I can tell by the way that you wrote the uh, recipient's name versus your name that you're angry at them and that you're uh, that you think you're better than them. And I was like, hmm, interesting, because that was true. <laughs> it was, was it, true. Was it squished together a little bit, maybe slanted to the right? Yeah, I had written his name very small at the top yep. and then my signature like huge and yep. bold at the bottom. And she was like, hmm. I feel like there's an issue here. <laughs> uh, and I was like, hmm, interesting. I didn't know that. Oops. <laughs> Oopsies. Anyway, so I thought that was really interesting. Okay, so now you're a, uh, so you ended up in the field of microbiology, which is interesting for a couple reasons, or shall I say compelling, intriguing, <laughs> noteworthy. Yes, interesting is a banned word, isn't it, that I know? Totally banned word. <laughs> um, I had a microbiologist in my classes in Austin, actually, Ooh. and she was uh, talking about how much she thought that sort of science and, and art did overlap and that you would find often scientists in the art field. Do you feel that way, too? I, I would say it depends on what type of microbiology. There is a lot of different avenues. I worked in something that was already established, no research involved. You didn't really have to think. You just followed a document and did it. So there wasn't that much gray area. If you're in clinical and you're testing out things, then you definitely have to be creative and you have to come up with you know, all sorts of research stuff and kind of invent things. So, I mean, there's, there's different avenues. Um, but say if you're looking at a, an agar plate with all these different microorganisms on them, like some of them can look pretty uh, uh, fascinating and colorful uh, um, in a weird way. So, did I mean, we just crazy. go to an exhibit, Julie, of art, and some of it was actually cells and tiny creatures from the ocean? I think we just did. Oh, you mean the thing at the is it at the Agassiz Center? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, it was art and science combined. That's true. I totally forgot about that. We actually sat there with headphones on and watched that whole long video of like amoebas swimming uh, around. Cool. There you go. Um, well, also, I was going to say, I was thinking, so Suzanne, you're a certified Zentangle uh, teacher or a CZT. And I, I think of all that, for people who aren't familiar with Zentangle, first, will you just take us through what that is? So it's basically a meditative way of drawing where you don't have to come up with your own doodles, which is important because when you're thinking of something to doodle, you can often get frustrated or stuck and you like you just get mad at what you're quote unquote drawing when you're it's not really a drawing or a doodle because every tangle, which is one um, set of, a, of, uh, of things together, um, it is already predetermined. So you pick something, you follow the steps, and you just can keep doing it. You repeat it. So it, it can be, it, it relieves your mind because you don't have to make anything up. 
Well, I was also going to say, for me, it reminds me, like, each tangle is like a cell, and inside each of those are, like, little organisms. I mean, yes. I know that's not how cells totally work, but <laughs> <clears throat> we'll just pretend. But I can see, I can see the correlation. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. But I was thinking, I wonder if some of your training goes into the kind of art you like, like, if that kind of idea of mini multiples and sort of the living edge of the tangles and stuff appeals to you. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I definitely am drawn to either abstract, which can be related into cells and different things like that, or nature in organic things. So maybe that's why. And maybe you're now psychoanalyzing me. Um. Yes, everybody's a serial killer today. Um, so tell me, I'm just curious about the, I've heard a couple different versions of what the CZT training is like, and I'd just love to hear, uh, you, and for people who also don't know what the training might be like, if you can tell us a little bit about that process. Do you apply? Um, you don't apply, you just pay. Um, or at least that was how when I did it. And I did it a couple of years ago. Um, when I first took the first lesson and intro to, CZ, um, to Zentangle, the teacher that I had was one of the first few, and the classes were really small. Um, the class that I How grad- big is really small? Um, maybe under 20 people. Okay. So that's who, and the, the founders, Rick and Maria, they were from Massachusetts. They would have it at their house. And then after a couple of years, it got to be too big, so they took it elsewhere. When I took it, it was actually in Providence, Rhode Island. And I had people that were there from all over the world. There was a guy from India there. There was a couple from Australia, a couple people from the UK. Um, and over the time, I want to say that it's just, it's, it's evolved quite, quite extensively. Um, I think the last class that they had, I want to say it ended up, there ends up being over 2000 CZTs all over the world now. Wow. Um, and, and so when I went, they, it was a, a three or four day thing where each day you had Rick and Maria, the founders, teach you some of their designs and teach you sort of like how to go through a full tile, which is a square with a certain you know set of areas to fill in. And it, it they kind of teach you how to teach in a way and you interact with other people and you have to come up with your own tangles a little bit. And everybody just goes to dinner together. And usually people are paired off with, friends or something and I don't know it's just a it's a fun experience to be around a lot of people that like the same thing okay just like taking a class you know let's uh, go back to just for a second about they were teaching you to teach because that's an interesting idea to me what kind of things were they teaching you about teaching so with you want to make sure that the students don't get too wrapped up in the tiny um you you want to they they teach us to kind of make sure people are not hunched over, holding their pens really tight and getting like worked up over it. Cause it's supposed to be a very Zen experience, so to speak. Um, they, uh, they play very mellow music and it's, they just want to enforce that people, the Zen part of it too, you know, you want to just relax, so to speak. <laughs> Here's the one question I have. I think the meditative qualities that are supposed to come out of Zentangling are somewhat similar to the way some people find coloring and coloring books meditative. Right. It's become very hot. But mm -hmm. I think that as soon as you start to get into this is the right way, this is the wrong way, you start to lose some of that meditative quality or not. You tell me. 
you you can um the fun part about teaching a class and i've only taught a small handful of like friends or my sister's friends and stuff but when you go through a tile and you say all right we're going to do these five tangles you pick the area you want to do and just go at it and you teach you know the step outs at the end when you put everybody's tangled together or, or all the tiles together i should say you can see the difference just in everybody else's things and you just get inspired from that and some people say i can't draw at all it's like all right good this isn't drawing just follow these steps can you draw a straight line do you know how to sign your name you're good to zentangle so it's there is no right or wrong way ever i mean in anything there are people who do it there was one person who did it in their mind when they were um, doing chemotherapy there was somebody that had done it when they had lost a child and they were like, I, I don't know what to do. My brain won't stop. And somebody introduced them to Zentangle and kind of talked them off the edge. Um, there's a, a lot of stories out there that have helped people, I don't know, just keep their mind focused on one thing and then you can kind of block out other things, I guess. And it's obviously it's not something for everybody. If you think, oh, this isn't for me because I can't draw, then you might always have that in your head. You know, it's kind of like with painting or anything else. It's like, if you think you can't do it, then you're going to convince yourself you can. I agree with that. I think that people very often, it's like every time you say, I'm not good at this, you actually make yourself a little bit not good at it. Whereas mm -hmm. if every time you say, I am going to, you know, reach this level, I am going to do this, I am going to succeed, whatever it is, I think you actually help yourself there. That's the theory of yep. why vision boards work. Mm -hmm. They say it's not like it's a magical thing, but if you actually take the time to like draw out, cut and paste out, whatever it is, the things that you want in your life, yes, mm -hmm. you are able to get towards them because every day you affirmatively are saying, I want these things and I'm going to have them. Right. And it's, it's, again, it's the tactile experience. They say, even when buying things, if you pick up something and touch it, you're that much more likely to actually buy it because you've touched it. It's interesting. I mean, I think where, so my th feeling about Zentangle, I actually have sort of like two feelings about it. On the one hand, I feel very strongly that I know a lot of people who have found Zentangle and it has helped them to get in touch with their creativity and to mm -hmm. make them feel creative mm -hmm. and valued. And I think that is fantastic. On the other hand, I feel like there are members of the Zentangle community who are very much about right and wrong. And, and that aspect of it, like my mother said, does drive me crazy. One of the first, um, my first experience with Zentangle was I did a Sakura who uh, Rick and Maria work with because yep, they yep. use the Pigma Micron pens, mm -hmm. um, asked me to do a segment on Scrapbook Soup about Zentangle. And I had never heard of it. It was brand new at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, sure. So I did this thing and I like, you know, took some of the drawings that they gave me. And I, I don't think I, I think I didn't call things by their right names. Quote uh, unquote, and I didn't do things the right way that I guess the way that Rick and Maria taught, I didn't know anything about it. And I thought it was this fun, cool thing. But that YouTube video on the um, KS Productions YouTube channel has <laughs> like hundreds and hundreds of uh, negative comments and like thumbs downs on it because people are angry that those things aren't right. Yeah. And it was one of these moments where like it went from this idea where I was like, oh, look at this cool thing and this is so fun to I immediately felt like I don't want to have anything to do with that. Those people are horrible human beings. Yeah, and I call them the, and I still have a little bit of that. That might be like the whole scientific part of me where I can be a purist. Mm -hmm. So people, if I look at Pinterest and I am obsessed with Pinterest still, um, 
there are many Zentangle things out there. And I look at it and I'm like, there's not one aspect of Zentangle on this. So it kind of, it, in a way makes me mad because it, it's not the, the aspect of it. Like you, it's like you want to er, get it in. Otherwise it's just doodling a repeat pattern. It's yeah, me. I mean, I think, and that's always the thing. It's like anything else, and you run into fine. I think this happens in every discipline. You run into bookbinders who are annoyed when yeah. you're gluing and stapling things in ways that make their, you know, skin crawl. You run into yep. pure uh, acrylic artists who don't understand why you're doing, you know, X, Y, or Z, or pure oil yeah. artists, or pure pastelists, or pure collage artists, or whatever it is. I think people have their own ideas about art and for some people those limitations those guides those um it's like the bumpers and bowling you know those things <laughs> that keep you on the narrow are helpful to them for me right. my feeling based on what i do for a living which is basically encourage people to get excited about making art mm -hmm. i find all those things that are limitations to be annoying right yeah. You know, and I, exactly. it's like, this is my big ethos that I know I teach in class and I talk to people on my blog or whatever else I do, which is, you know, you do what you got to do to make yourself make things happy. If making yep. art isn't fun for you, if that's not, you're, if you're not having a good time, that's when the only way that I can see that you're doing it quote unquote wrong is when it's making you less happy instead of more happy to be creating. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's the gist of, of Zentangle too. I mean, it's you, either you just take it super seriously and you do what it is, what, what you do. But if you're going to be Zen about it, don't go and dislike people's videos on YouTube. But that's that's a YouTube conversation I could talk hours about too. Because that's another <laughs> one of my obsessions that, believe me, I could, yeah, too much YouTube. So who me. are your favorite YouTube artists then? Because oh, I know you follow a lot of people. Yes. So uh, last year I went to a concert for Epic Rap Battles of History. So they're a, a huge, one of my biggest ones. Another one people that I love are Rhett and Link and Mythical Morning. I love, love, love them to death. Um, I follow a lot of beauty people on there, which you would look at me and be like, hey, hey you don't do beauty stuff, but I have more <laughs> nail polish. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. Um, I have over 400 bottles of nail polish and wow. just yeah not just the like two dollar sinful stuff no i have a few bottles of nars michael kors mac more opi and se than i can imagine but yeah i, I just i go to youtube for everything like you can ask my dad in between patriot uh quarters i may have put on a few youtube videos um, <laughs> just to get some laughs and half of the time I'm the only one laughing, but, but still, yeah, you can ask my family about Although my, Although I was going to say, speaking of laughing, I've seen on your Instagram, <laughs> your father has the most insane <laughs> laugh of a human being I've ever heard. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty hereditary. Um, <laughs> something you'd have to experience in part. Like you, I wouldn't say for a Patriots game because you got to do your thing and we got to be doing our thing, but sometime you have to come over and, hear my whole family laugh because it is contagious we all have <laughs> the same laugh both sides of our family it's it's a bit much at times but it makes for a fun movie going experience let's say <laughs> wow, how terrible a whole house of people <laughs> happily laughing sounds terrible well it's usually because we're making fun of each other in some way you know i'm a little bit on the dry sarcastic side so think of a whole family like that too <laughs> i think a lot of people from boston are i think there's a very sarcastic boston thing 
Yeah, a little, little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think so? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, did you find? Uh, well, I was going to say, did you find Julie on the internet? Is that how you first encountered her? But I don't want to skip over the part where you worked at Michael's. Oh, well, I found Julie before Michael, so it, it seems oh. to be in the timeline that way. Okay. Um, so the timeline for making art and finding things online, I think, started um, when I was home for a while on leave from work. And I had just started researching more on art because I had started getting more into it because somebody, a, people, a few people at work had come to me and asked, like, I had designed one person's tattoo at work. And somebody else wanted me to paint some things. And then I I started from there and it just kind of escalated. So I started with, I think it was a Yahoo group. Um, started, it was like the art colony, I think by uh, Thania. I can't say her last name. I can't remember her last name. But um, in, in just like with anything in YouTube, in YouTube and, and online, it just kind of spiderwebs out. So from there, I think I had started going to Ustreams and did uh, years years with them and there's a bunch of people that I mean Paula Phillips you know journalist Tista and then spreading out from there and then people had mentioned you Julie and so it just kind of escalated up from there I guess you can say um and then I just got hooked <laughs> I mean <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to say it uh I think I remember meeting you at a class yep. that Julie taught was it in New Hampshire yeah well you were at the one in, in absolutely everything but I remember you definitely in the New Hampshire one you commented on a stamp I had for sure <laughs> which you had made which was wonderful <laughs> you've met Suzanne yep. twice mom yeah oh now I've met her more than that that's true <laughs> and we have the pictures which we will post uh in the podcast post of uh throughout time the history yeah. the all the photos <laughs> and also maybe some of the links to the uh websites that she said she visits or the Instagram feeds or whatever. I'd be interested to the see YouTubes them. YouTubes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's all about Suzanne. It oh. is. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, let's talk about Michael's though, because I'm okay. very, very curious. So uh, how did you get started there? How did you end up doing what you did at Michael's and what was that experience like? Oh, so it all started when I had applied for a job. They were opening a new store near me, and I wanted a part-time job at the time. Um, and they were like, oh, sure, you know, do you shop at Michael's? I was like, uh, just a little bit. <laughs> um, so it was just after Christmas, and I was like, I may have just gotten in gift certificates from family and friends about, like, $200 in gift certificates. So, yeah, you can say I shop here a little bit. So they were like, well, yeah, heck, yeah, come on in. So... We started opening the store, which opening a retail store is intriguing, to say the least, because especially if it's somewhere you shop a lot, to see the store practically empty and to put up stickers and to put everything on pegs and to do planograms and to do all that makes you very, I don't know, it proud at the end to say, like, here's my finished store and to, like, have people shop and, and whatnot. But... um while I was there, they had said, oh, you know, you're very artistic. Maybe you want to try custom framing. And I'm like, um, I can try. I've never attempted it before. Um, and I don't know anything about framing, but if you want to teach me, sure, why not? So 
again, with my, my, I think I have a very purist and loyal head um, now that I'm talking about more things. But um, <laughs> so everything that I learned there in custom framing changed, uh, well, for certain, my wall decor. Um, <laughs> and it, it just made me appreciate different kinds of art a little bit more as well. Um, and then I was obviously the sort of go-to person because sad to say a lot of people that work at Michael's aren't always the craftiest people. Um, as a lot of people have told me when I, when I told my Ustream folks how I had started a job there, they were like, oh, finally, somebody at Michael's who knows what they're talking about. And I never really thought about it because I'm not the type to ask for help when I'm in a store. Usually I either know what I want or I just want to look at everything. So, or both. Yeah, exactly. So it was sort of interesting to see how many people that I had talked to, and I swear I had probably mentioned your name, Julie, a hundred times, and like everybody else, if, I don't know, everybody, because I, I am a big name dropper, I think, too. So um, I had talked to some people, and I swear they had like glazed over by the time I was done because I had said so much to them and given them so much information that they were just like, I don't even know how to respond and just sort of buys two things and then walk away. But yeah, I still talk to the Michaels people that I, I bonded with a lot. And I go back to the stores, obviously, if I need things. But working there also makes you hoard a lot of craft supplies. As I was going to say, does it, it's like working in a bakery. Yeah. You can't stop eating the cupcakes. Yeah, I probably have just as many canvases in my home as julie does where i don't use as much as julie does though so <laughs> yeah time to start painting yeah yes yeah um i want to go back to the thing you said about appreciating different kinds of art and how framing sort of led you there can you elaborate on that i can um so <laughs> um i i had never seen up close finished pieces of watercolor or finished pieces of charcoal art or um, people that had framed jerseys or medals or, or things like that. So when they had come in with charcoal, it was like something that I could ruin with like a sweat drop or like a, an extra swipe of the hand. And granted, half of the time we said, you need to fix this so that it doesn't smudge because we can't guarantee, we can't just hold it up in the air until your frames come in and let it be so but other than that it's you could i could see up close so many different paintings um that it's just it it wowed me and then i saw a few paintings or prints that i had already known like there are some people out there that i follow their websites or tumblers whatever you want to call them and um i was like holy crap i'm so excited to meet you and um it just it it connected me to different art and it connected me to the people again as well. Um, and just handling them and trying to preserve it the right way. Um, again, I'm sure Michael's right way and maybe museum's right ways are maybe a little bit different, but I can see the resemblance when I, when I visited the Peabody Essex Museum um, on my birthday this past year, it's, I could see a few different, framing similarities. So I was like, oh, maybe we weren't doing things that badly. I don't know. <laughs> and so how did it also change the way that you frame things at your own house? So for me, um, I never framed anything at all. I mean, and nothing in like good frame, so to speak. 
Um, but it also made me not afraid to buy different prints and knowing that I can still frame them, even if they're not like an eight by 10 or a five by seven sort of size. Um, I, I was, uh, I've bought so many different prints, you know, most of them owls and or quotes and or owls. Um, <laughs> so I'm like looking around and like, yeah, owls, owls, owls. But um, it just, I don't know. It's hard to say without being able to show people in person, I guess. But um, knowing that there's stuff that you can always have forever, basically, um, versus something that the sun is going to damage in a couple of years and bugs will eat from the inside out. Oh, well, that does make it seem a lot less appealing, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if it's something you really love and you want to have it forever, get it professionally framed. If you don't care for something you can print again, do whatever you want with it. Good advice. So uh, <laughs> any other lessons out of Michael's? Maybe I was thinking maybe did you get organization tips kind of from uh, that place or? I don't want to say organization tips. I mean, if I had a huge area and just pegs everywhere, I think anybody could organize something pretty well. Um, but I've always been a relatively organized person, even though looking around, I don't see organization, but I know where everything is. So I, I I love organization stuff anyway. That's another weird thing that I've always loved. I mean, I had caboodles for my makeup when I was like 10. So, um, but I think that I always tell people this, that basically like if you are a person who makes art, there are actually three hobbies. There's the making of the art, there's the buying of the art supplies, and then there's the organizing of the stuff that you have. Mm hmm. And those are three distinct hobbies and people, you know, like various parts of them more than others, you know, depending on what yeah. it is. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think a factor of that will be space and what you like to do. If you like to do a little bit of everything, which is kind of like what I do, um, I organize it by what projects I might be doing. So, I mean, I, I being a mixed media person and, and liking that the most, I use anything and everything. So it's kind of whatever I've I have bought last or the last art snacks box I got or, you know, last art trip I went to, then oh, that's probably. Let's talk about art snacks. Cause bet, um, I bet. I so mom, it. mom, I bet you don't know what art snacks are. No, but I'm guessing that it's, is it something you eat? <laughs> oh, they, see, you're so wrong. Yeah. Try again. Okay. It, is it they, little teeny small <laughs> things? Tell me I'm dying to know. <laughs> don't leave me so, dangling here. You are partially correct in every art snacks box, whether it be the subscription box or a special edition box, they do give you a snack and it's always some sort of candy. Um, obviously never chocolate because it would melt if it was summer. Um, but it's, they give you a, a small box. I want to say it's probably, I don't have any clothes because I just purged all the boxes, but it's probably about 12 inches by like, I don't know, one and a half inch, two inches is, uh, height and depth or whatever you want to say. And they give you uh, usually about $20 worth of stuff in the box. And it's it's sort of a theme, but it's always, mm, I don't know, sort of random. And the, the last box that I got, it came with a stainless steel three-sided uh, aluminum ruler, a special edition art snacks uh, mechanical pencil, a Copic marker, and uh, a paintbrush and i want to say um, the 
Curic Color Twin Refillable, I don't know, alcohol ink pen, double-sided. And sometimes it'll be brand new stuff in the October box. They have a new Copic marker um, pen coming out. It's a brush pen by Copic. And I want to say they have the new Liquitex muted color in there first before I think it's officially released, I want to say. So they usually give us a hint as to what might be coming out, but it's a good collection of, of a mishmash of different things. They mix up their people's colors. So not everybody gets the exact same colors per se. Um, but I love, love, love it. As you can tell from my Instagram feeds. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit addicted to that, which, um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to October cause they had an inktober, um, with the creator, Jake Parker just come out. Um, so there's a whole set of like prompts for every day in October that I'm looking forward to. Have you ever to gotten this. something in the box that you didn't like? Hmm. Probably not. Um, there may have been a couple, one or two things that I was like, oh man, I don't like the color pink and why is this pink? But, um, I, everything I, I, I'm able to use everything. Do they give you any suggestions for projects or they just turn you loose with your new supplies? Um, so there's a little card that explains each product. Um, but it's, it, it's, I don't know. They don't, they don't tell you, okay, here's what to do, but they do have like a hashtag art snacks challenge. So if you can on a piece of paper, use all of your stuff, um, they like will retweet and repost some, uh, folks art, which is kind of cool. And actually one that's a sister and brother team that started it. One is in New York and one is in Boston. Is this all paper crafts primarily? Um, I would call it more, not paper crafts, but I would drawing. say it's drawing or illustration. That's where I would yeah, say okay. their focus is. Like, even though it's called yeah. art snacks, it's like, I don't feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's almost always pens. Oh, no, I've gotten a few tubes of paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten uh, paint markers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten a catalyst wedge. Um, so it, it probably is geared more towards illustration, I would say, but being mixed media I use anything and everything I think it's it's like it makes me think a lot about birch box but obviously <laughs> you know for art supplies yeah. um which is a great business model yes absolutely and there are a few other art boxes that have come out since art snacks and I, I, I well I shouldn't say that I don't know for sure that art snacks was the original but there are a few that pop up on my Pinterest feed and I'm like nope I'm too loyal just keeping my art snacks thank you bye um <laughs> But it's it's become more and more and more and more popular. I think they just actually raised the monthly subscription price a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely something I love. It challenges me to kind of go outside my normal, you know, I'm just going to use these colors and in these same stuff that I always use. So I kind of find it like that. Um, I also like finding out about new things like the notebook that they sent for the Inktober one, the Denik notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with this paper. I mean, I usually use, you know, the Canson or the Strathmore. So it's, it's, it's nice to like learn about new things and not have to buy a whole set of markers to try it out. You know? I think that's cool. I like the idea of being able to try stuff in your home and figure it out. I'm just always worried cause I'm picky that I'll be like, eh, that doesn't yeah. work for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, when you get, stuff that's 
worth what you're paying for in, in I don't know to me if it was like if it costs a ton more money and I never used it ever I wouldn't be a subscriber for two years you know like I've like Birchbox I was a Birchbox subscriber and and those are just trial samples like and I'm like I never used them I use the boxes itself more than the actual samples I think whereas with art supplies I'll keep it forever until I find a use for it or you know there's I brought some to me when I met my friend in Idaho and you know gave some stuff to her and I've I've gifted art snacks to people before I've I've given people subscriptions for a few months too That's a nice gift <laughs> So let's talk about um let's let's talk about what it's like to be Julie's assistant <laughs> Yeah let's talk about that what is that what is the dream like It's it's pretty awesome. You don't um, have to, to lie, honest. Suzanne. No, you you know me. I don't, I can't, I'm not a good liar at all. I can't like, I'm very truthful to be honest. Um, I, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's made me appreciate you and other bloggers and people that work, work, work in the industry a lot more um, just to see how much work really goes into it. I don't think people realize all of the work that goes into it when you're, you know, a professional full-time blogger, artist, designer, all of the above and more. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's awesome. And it's, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, I literally, in this, you'll laugh at me and the people at work that I work at now will laugh at me that I'm telling the story. But when I got the email, when you asked me to you know, accept the job. I literally was like shaking for a half an hour. Like, no lie. I think we were like putting up the Christmas tree at the time and I fell over. I was so excited. People were like, one of the person was like, why are you so excited? You had another job. And I was like, no, you don't understand. And I was <laughs> the funniest. It was funny, but kind of stupid. But me, I don't know. That's Maybe awesome. No, that's an awesome story. And I think the thing is, I remember when I was trying to decide who to pick and my mom said to me, um, you know, because I was like, well, this person has this skill and this person has that skill. And my mom said, she said, in her opinion, that the most important question was, who would you like to be on a long car drive with? Because mm -hmm. And that person wasn't available, so she picked <laughs> you. <laughs> I was going to say, with all those skills, I'm like, then why me? No, but so that was a standard and it made so much <laughs> sense because it was like, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time with them. This person's going to be in your home, in your life, in your business and with you. And it has to be someone who's very companionable. And I would say you are super easy to get along with. You have an encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge, you know, of the craft industry, of people, of like other stuff. You're very curious and interested in the world. It's like the art snacks thing. You're always interested in trying things out, you know. And I also think you have a very different skill set that I do in art making. And so that's always interesting to me when I say, do you think this would be interesting? Or just the other day, you know, I texted you and I said, I need to get my class together for life book. What do you think mm -hmm. I should teach? <laughs> you know, that was a very surreal moment too, for my, for me personally, that I was like, I, I uh, um, what? <laughs> Cause I've, I've taken uh, more online classes than I care to admit and not done most of the stuff but just absorbed everything um so for me to like think of something for somebody to possibly teach or to help come up with something was just like oh, i just 
feel, I don't know, too important than I actually am or something. <laughs> but it's good because, I mean, one of the things that gets really hard, and I, I, Mom, I've said this to you for years and years, which is you've always been the person who, I, who because you don't make art normally, unless I force you to go to a class or something, <laughs> you know, if I, say, well, if I show you instructions for something and you're like, I don't get this, then I know that I need right. to rewrite it. Whereas if I show it to someone who makes art all the time and they, they're just going to get it because they know what they're doing so then the instructions aren't as good so what i hear you saying is i am the lowest common denominator (laughs) and if i can't get it then then no no one can you got it baby i'm so glad i didn't even have to explain that you got it so uh, clearly my instructions for that statement were clearly written I know my place. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But no, it's also like, you know, I think about it's hard for me because I'm like, what should I teach? What's because sometimes the thing is you don't know what's interesting about what you're doing to other people, you know? Right. And it's it's always good for, to hear someone say, you know, no, I'm not tired of this or I feel like you haven't done that in a long time or whatever else. Yeah. And I it's that's the kind of hard part with those classes too, or was coming, trying to come up with a new idea that it's, how do you know that it's not already been done? Or to some extent, I always get nervous posting things or like commenting on people's classes because if I say, oh, didn't somebody else already teach this? Or didn't uh, didn't I see this in a YouTube video like five years ago? Then like, I feel kind of bad and it's like but you can't know everything everywhere you can't and you're i mean I, and like I, it reminds me so you, on the make it artsy set somebody um somebody one of the guests came and had a technique and he and was very excited about the technique and then i uh i quietly said in the nicest way humanly possible you know <laughs> um so and so that we both know was doing this you know probably seven or eight years ago just so you know um, I think it's fantastic and you do a great job and your projects look great, but it's just, I wouldn't call it new. Right. right. You know, because it's almost like it should be your take on it. Yeah. It's your spin, your hand. Yeah. Because you can't know. And the thing is new is a relative idea. It's new to me. It's new, you know, and, and, and maybe, you know, it's everything old is new again, as they say. Right. Yes. Yep. 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 That's actually one of my favorite bands songs too (laughs) well I was gonna say also so the typical thing that happens is you do some work for me remote that's like computer and email and that kind of stuff and then you also come to my house let's let's be fancy and call it my studio yeah and then I always have a weird list of tasks (laughs) that are super random (laughs) and bizarre uh and so sometimes you're you know painting something sometimes you're cleaning something there's packing Mm -hmm. for class there's unpacking stuff there's endlessly can you the number of times that we are cleaning is sort of unbelievable don't you think (laughs) yeah yeah i mean probably almost every time or every other time at least to some to some extent not necessarily like cleaning like scrub my toilet cleaning no but but like it's uh, (laughs) I think it's insane how often I mean and I think uh, you'll admit like around here things are organized there's a place for everything projects come out projects go back like it's relatively and it's not like I'm a total slob and I never clean up but it is insane to me just how much constant putting away and cleaning up there is right and it's 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 pretty remarkable because I mean, you're always going, you always have some project for this and some project for that and, you know, stuff for your own blog and and now stuff for your vlog and, you know, different 
all different things going on that it's it, it amazes me how you can possibly keep track of everything all at the same time I, I don't I don't understand how <laughs> it amazes me sometimes too what I think is more impressive is now we both have these like forearms of steel from now all the overhead photography you have to do <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yes that 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 was a um an interesting week of my life having a jelly arm <laughs> <laughs> the things that we go through to please everyone, it's amazing. But I think it's been really interesting for me having somebody in my home that way, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you know, I think, like, at first I was like, well, now I, I need to watch everything she does, you know? And now it's like I feel comfortable enough. You come in, I sort of tell you what to do, and then I'm like, I'll be downstairs doing this, or I'm going to be upstairs doing that, and you just do your thing, and I trust you. Yeah, yeah, and that feels... I, I think I've finally gotten over the the star shock of of it too. It took me quite a while to be honest, but it. In it, other words, you've seen the feet of clay. <laughs> <laughs> She's been up to her elbows in my underwear drawer. What can we say? <laughs> Which wouldn't take much because I'm pretty short. So. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, no, it's been a good and it's also it's been helpful to me also just in terms of my business to be able to figure out like what can get farmed out and what needs to and also just realizing, you know, how much more uh, how much more needs to get done that always every time that you come over and just so people know, Suzanne comes over for like a stretch of like five hours. Yeah. When she comes, you know, and sometimes we can dribble a little bit past that. But it's like it the time, at least for me, flies by. And then I always seem to have like 12 more tasks that we never got to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. Anyway. Oh, interesting is a terrible word. No. Yeah. But there you go. Also, don't you um, haven't you now developed a specialty of photo editing Julie's photos? Yes. Well, I don't know. I guess it, that would be up to the uh, the viewer to say if they look any good or or not, or they can tell who is who. But well, so that has- yeah. So it's so it's interesting if you, people could tell which days Suzanne does the editing and which days I do the editing on the blog. I mean, so, <laughs> it's always interesting for me because when I edit the photos, I edit them thinking about the story that I'm telling, and so I'll often organize them in a particular way or put the breaks. Yeah in particular places because I have something to say about particular photos. And when I get photos from you, it's often the breaks aren't in the places that I thought or there's not quite, you know, they're not arranged exactly the way that I thought. And so then it's interesting to me because then I have to sort of write about things in a slightly different way. And it is interesting how just even the photo editing can change the flow of the blog post. Yeah. And it's always interesting for me to see that finished product. So when I'm looking at the pictures, which I love because I visit all these different places, um, it's always like, gee, I wonder what, what made Julie take this picture. I wonder what story goes along with this because sometimes there's a lot of pictures around the same thing. And I'm like, I, I, I need to know the backstory now. (laughs) So I hear you saying, what the hell was she thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no, but in a good way, but in a very good way, because you can say that and mean very different things. Well, I think it looks like it's about time for us to wrap up. It's been about an hour. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, where can people find you online, Suzanne? Um, anything involving Concerned Owl, pretty much. I think on Facebook, I'm just Suzanne Sicaranza. But it, I think everything from my Instagram goes 
to Facebook anyway. So Instagram and Pinterest are my two favorites and they're both concerned owl. Okay. Can you just briefly touch on why you have this thing about <laughs> owls? I'm not criticizing. I'm simply curious. It's, 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 uh, it's a really stupid story. So I went to play backgammon on MSN games one time and I had typed in my usual name, which was like Ronza. Um, and it was like, no, how about any of and it just gave random blurbs of two different words together. And one of them was concerned owl. And I was like, you know, I like owls. And I was like, huh, let's stick with that. And then from there, the owl obsession just skyrocketed out of control. <laughs> and it still is going on. So <laughs> do you collect, do you collect owl images, oh, owl oh, yeah. statues, uh, owl every, flows? Yes. Anything, any, I think owl that will fit me, I will wear. And I even look at kids clothes and I'm like, how can I make that into an adult clothing? That's my next venture is trying to attempt sewing somehow because I need to make myself some owl clothing. Actually, That's, wait a minute, not like an owl clothing. <laughs> I brought you back an owl thing from Austin, so there you go. Ooh. I know. Oh, it is not like a baby onesie that you have to try to fit into or anything. <laughs> I would probably still find a way to use it. <laughs> be honest like i yeah if you took like a 360 of my room right now there would be at least a thousand owls that you could see and i'm not exaggerating not exaggerating at all it's a pretty epic mm. collection <laughs> anything else you'd like to add mom no but i'm glad to have this little peek behind the curtain and suzanne <laughs> we can talk privately on the side if there's yeah. anything you really think i should know <laughs> Any time, any time. We could, we should all hang out soon and look at owls together. There you go. <laughs> and on that note, you can find me at balzerdesigns.typepad.com and do leave us your comments or questions at balzerdesigns.com backslash arting. We'd love to hear from you. And if you tweet about the show, speaking of owls, uh, or I guess they hoot more, but you could use Hootsuite to tweet. Uh, please use the hashtag ArtingPodcast. That's all one word, A-R-T-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you the next time on the Adventures in Arting Podcast.